Chapter Three Blanche and Rosalind. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. The Old, Old Fairy Tales by Laura Valentine. Blanche and Rosalind. In a pleasant village some miles from the metropolis, there lived a very good sort of woman who was much beloved by all her neighbors because she was always ready to assist every one who was in need she had received in her youth a better education than the inhabitants of the little village in which she dwelt and for this reason the poor people looked up to her with a degree of respect she was the widow of a very good man who when he died left her with two children they were very pretty girls the eldest on account of the fairness of her complexion was named blanche and the other rosalind because her cheeks were like roses and her lips like coral one day while goody hardy sat spinning at the door she saw a poor old woman going by leaning on a stick who had much ado to hobble along you seem very much tired dame said she to the old woman sit down here and rest yourself a little at the same time she bid her daughters fetch a chair they both went but rosalind ran fastest and brought one will you please to drink said goody hardy thank you answered the old woman i don't care if i do and methinks if you had anything nice that i liked i could eat a bit you are welcome to the best i have in my house said goody hardy but as i am poor it is homely fare she then ordered her daughters to spread a clean cloth on the table while she went to the cupboard from whence she took some brown bread and cheese to which she added a mug of cider as soon as the old woman was seated at the table goody hardy desired her eldest daughter to go and gather some plums off her own plum tree which she had planted herself and took great delight in blanche instead of obeying her mother readily grumbled and muttered as she went surely said she to herself i did not take all this care and pains with my plum tree for that old creature however she durst not refuse gathering a few plums but she gave them with a very ill will and very ungraciously as for you rosalind said her mother you have no fruit to offer this good dame for your grapes are not ripe that's true replied rosalind but my hen has just laid for i hear her cackle and if the lady likes a new laid egg tis very much at her service and without staying for an answer she ran to the hen roost and brought the egg but just as she was presenting it to the old woman she turned into a fine beautiful lady good woman said she to goody hardy i have long seen your industry perseverance and pious resignation and i will reward your daughters according to their merits the eldest shall be a great queen the other shall have a country farm with this she struck the house with her stick which immediately disappeared and in its room up came a pretty little snug farm this rosalind said she is your lot i know i have given each of you what you like best having said this the fairy went away leaving both mother and daughters greatly astonished they went into the farmhouse and were quite charmed with the neatness of the furniture the chairs were only wood but so bright you might see your face in them the beds were of linen cloth as white as snow there were forty sheep in the sheep pen four oxen and four cows in their stalls and in the yard all sorts of poultry 
hens ducks pigeons etc there was also a pretty garden well stocked with flowers fruit and vegetables blanche saw the fairy's gift to her sister without being jealous and was wholly taken up with the thoughts of being a queen when all of a sudden she heard some hunters riding by and going to the gate to see them she appeared so charming in the king's eyes who was there that he resolved to marry her when blanche was a queen she said to her sister rosalind i do not care you should be a farmer come with me sister and i will match you to some great lord i am very much obliged to you sister replied rosalind but i am used to a country life and i prefer to stay where i am queen blanche arrived at her palace and was so delighted with her new dignity that she could not sleep for several nights the first three months her thoughts were wholly engrossed by dress balls and plays so that she thought of nothing else she was soon accustomed to all this and nothing now diverted her on the contrary she found it a great deal of trouble the ladies of the court were all very respectful in her presence but she knew very well that they did not love her and when out of her sight would often say to one another see what airs this little country girl gives herself his majesty must have a very mean fancy to make choice of such a consort these discourses soon reached the king's ears and made him reflect on what he had done he began to think he was wrong and repented his marriage the courtiers saw this and accordingly paid little or no respect to blanche she was very unhappy for she had not a single friend to whom she could declare her griefs she saw it was the fashion at court to betray the dearest friend for interest to caress and smile upon those they most hated and to lie every instant she was obliged to be always serious because they told her a queen ought to look grave and majestic she had several children and all the time there was a physician to inspect whatever she ate or drank and to order everything she liked off the table not a grain of salt was allowed to be put in her soup nor was she permitted to take a walk though she wished ever so much to do so governesses were appointed to her children who brought them up contrary to her wishes yet she had not the liberty to find fault poor queen blanche was dying with grief and grew so thin that it was sad to see her she had not seen her sister for three years because she imagined it would disgrace a person of her rank and dignity to pay a visit to a farmer's wife her extreme melancholy made her very ill and her physicians ordered change of air she therefore resolved to spend a few days in the country to divert her uneasiness and improve her health accordingly she asked the king for leave to go and he very readily granted it because he thought he should be rid of her for some time she set out and soon arrived at the village as she drew near rosalind's house she beheld at a little distance from the door a company of shepherds and shepherdesses who were dancing and making merry alas said the queen sighing there once was a time when i used to divert myself like those poor people and no one found fault with me the moment rosalind perceived her sister she ran to embrace her the queen ordered her carriage to stop and alighting rushed into her sister's arms but rosalind was grown so plump and had such an air of content that the queen as she looked on her could not forbear bursting into tears rosalind was married to a farmer's son who had no fortune of his own but then he ever remembered that he was indebted to his wife for everything he had and he strove to show his gratitude 
by his obliging behaviour rosalind had not many servants but those she had loved her as though she had been their mother because she used them kindly she was beloved by all her neighbours and they all endeavoured to show it she neither had nor wanted much money corn wine and oil were the growth of her farm her cows supplied her with milk butter and cheese the wool of her sheep was spun to clothe herself her husband and her two children they enjoyed perfect health and when the work of the day was over they spent the evening in all sorts of pastimes alas cried the queen the fairy made me a sad present in giving me a crown content is not found in magnificent palaces but in an innocent country life scarce had she done speaking before the fairy appeared in making you a queen said the fairy i did not intend to reward but punish you for giving me your plums with all ill will to be contented and happy you must like your sister possess only what is necessary and wish for nothing else ah madam cried blanche you are sufficiently revenged pray put an end to my distress it is at an end said the fairy the king who loves you no longer has just married another wife and to-morrow his officers will come to forbid you returning any more to the palace it happened just as the fairy had foretold and blanche passed the remainder of her days with her sister rosalind in all manner of happiness and content and never thought again of the court unless it were to thank the fairy for having brought her back to her native village End of chapter 3